And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. And it's Financial Fitness Friday. Welcome, everybody. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP, here with... Well, I was going to say Danny Ratliff, but no. The switcheroo. John Penn, the voice. Morning, y'all. CFP. Gosh, we're chock full of CFPs, certified financial planners. It just makes your heart, makes your cockles all warm. It's a good feeling. <laughs> it's, it's a warm and fuzzy. It's a warm and fuzzy. Speaking of warm and fuzzy, uh, we do have... Futures up this morning for however long that is going to last. Dow futures up 51. NASDAQ futures up 38. Um, obviously, the big story is always yields, yields, yields. I think Elvis made a movie called Yields, Yields, Yields. <laughs> oh, man. What's up? Yields, 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 baby. We got some yields, 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 baby. And we got to turn around and we got to swivel hips and we got some yields, yields. Thank you very much. That was glorious. Thank you. Oh, Elvis, here's my hotel key. <laughs> oh, thank you, Janet. I can do a lot better. Thank you very much. All morning, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Just tip your waitress on the way out. <laughs> Listen, um, so today with big report is the September jobs report. And we know that non-farm payrolls have been quite stubborn lately. So... That is going to see uh, be watched by Wall Street and also obviously the Fed. So uh, looks like it's gonna sh- we're gonna see a well economists expect 170 thousand net gain in non-farm payrolls. So obviously hot payroll number puts the the you know a new another rate hike on the table. Mm-hmm. Although I still think they are in wait and see mode. You know, I think finally, John, we are seeing the effects of all the rate hikes we've seen. You know, there is starting to be a drag on the economy. Although I will tell you, I read this article in the Wall Street Journal, which really concerned me greatly. I don't know if you've noticed, but since the pandemic, people freaking out about spending. I got to live for today. You know, I was one of the idiots who believed when the savings rate spiked during the pandemic that I was like, oh, this is good. You know, I was in la la land. I think I think Americans have turned a new leaf. We're going back to frugality. We're going to save money. We're going to do all the things right. Nope. Nope. Putting nope. The, putting nope. the chips on the table. Let me tell you, this article scared the heck out of me. And the article was call, is called um, Americans are still spending like there's no tomorrow. It's 5.8% were uh, spent more in August than a year earlier. Obviously, also people are spending more because of inflation. But these, I, I understand what the Wall Street Journal is. They take examples of people that are pretty much always doing the wrong thing. <laughs> but they, this couple went ahead and went into credit card debt to finance a, a vacation to Maui. So, so listen to this. Hmm. The wife quits her job before the trip. 
and they go ahead and decide to be uh, with a son for special with special needs. So that okay, that's great. But they're going to go ahead now, and they spend ten thousand dollars on credit cards on a trip, including including three one thousand last minute plane tickets, ten nights at three hundred and eighty five nights uh, a buck night a night four star resort, and several elaborate meals. I mean, I don't have it in me. If I had a spouse who was leaving their job, justifiably so, to take care of an eight-year-old child that has special needs, which means my income is going to be constrained, and I'm going to go ahead and just splurge on credit cards, which are at, on average, 27 to 30% interest, for a trip. Now, okay, say you want to take a trip. Say that's still the case. Am I going to stay in a 30... 385 buck a night, four-star resort, and several elaborate meals? Or am I going to maybe think of a trip that's a little more reasonable than $10,000? I would be sweating it out. How do I pay this off? Wouldn't you? Well, I guess that's my question is, you know, did they maybe use a credit card to get some points or some airline miles with the intent of just paying that right off? Or what What was the end result? Well, they don't tell you, but it's also yeah. about... it's. Also, we're worried about climate change and the world is going to be different tomorrow. So we got to spend, spend, spend. So when you see that Americans are worried about retirement finances and not saving, it's because of global warming. <laughs> That's the first one I've heard. <laughs> so let's connect, just go now. I'm going to connect maybe it a lot of crazy dots this morning for you. I love but it. But they all end in global warming. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. I would think that credit card. At Janet, least- you can knock on to my room, baby. Because of global warming. That makes perfect sense, Elvis. I totally get it. Thank you very much. So. I got nothing. You got. I got nothing. I, I, I guess I'm all for spending when you want to take a nice trip with your family. Right? But we got to budget it. We got to plan it out. I'm not going to put it all on credit cards. Maybe I don't have to do the most elaborate room. You know, when you read The Millionaire Next Door, it's always about how these, how these individuals spend, right? One of the best books ever. Mm-hmm. If you haven't bought that for your children, your grandchildren for the holidays, please think about doing it. Um, so think about this. They never buy the cheapest. They never buy the most expensive. They do something in the middle, right? They want good value, but they also know that quality matters. If I buy crap, I'm going to have to replace it sooner. Right. So if you are this couple, John, I'm going to I'm going to put you in 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 a in a in a spot. Okay. And you wanted to take a trip and your wife decides to quit. Well, first of all, John say no trip. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) No trip. That's a quick and easy answer (laughs) for this group. Yeah. But just say you were going to do that. How would you plan it? Like, what would you do as opposed to, say, ten thousand dollars and the highest, the best hotel room and. How, what would you well, think I think it? for me, if you know, if you really just had to get away, or if you were taking a trip there, it would be something within driving distance. Nice, right? Right. So I don't have to pay. I'm not paying a thousand dollars in tickets. Yeah. For the last minute, okay. Within driving distance today. Yes. So no overnight. No overnight. Maybe I'm. Th- we're in Houston, so I'm thinking somewhere out in the hill country, somewhere reasonable. Maybe a reasonable, like, bed and breakfast, not too over the top. I'm thinking Brookshire. Am I in La La Land here? 
Should I be saying Bucky's? <laughs> now, is, are we staying in the trailer behind Bucky's? That's a trip for me. And eating beaver I nuggets. I go to and, Bucky's and hang out there. And chocolate covered almonds. I, I, but if I go ahead and I set up a room in one of those bathrooms, they wouldn't even find out till the next day. <laughs> you know, you turn it from you know this this the the dial to occupied. Who's gonna know? I think I just failed your answer miserably. But uh, I'll, I'll go with well, the bu- go I'll go, I'll go with the Bucky's card. I just don't understand this. Let's spend like there's no yeah, tomorrow. I, I agree. I completely agree. And, and there are more examples in this article. When we return, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> Thanks for your patience. And I've I have had a lot of coffee this morning. Investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Welcome back. I, I know um, I'm preaching to the choir for radio listeners and YouTube followers um, when it comes to doing the right things with a household budget. And I guess what surprises me, and again, I understand this is one article with just a couple of examples, but I will tell you, I have seen this, and I have heard this, and I have talked to people about this who feel like being locked up during the pandemic, one of the worst, or if the worst decision we've ever, I've I've experienced in my lifetime from a government perspective, John, Mm -hmm. right? I'm, I'm sure there's more bonehead stuff to come, but this was the worst I've experienced, Psychologically, we switch something in our brains. I thought there for a moment it was to save more, but it isn't. It's to actually spend more and don't give a crap about anything else. And I'll listen, I am all one for taking a trip, you know, the recreational stuff, discretionary spending. I get it. But to throw everything to the wind especially when you have kids. You know, I, I think when you're single or say you're a you're, you're couple and you're, you don't have any children, but I think when you have children, that just, that just changes its perspective. But in this article, it was like, no, the more kids we have, the more plane tickets we'll get and the more we'll put it on credit cards. By the way, WalletHub does a great job in keeping the on, track of average credit card rates. So if you have good credit, 2023, your average rate's 2347 Fair credit, 25.77. Store cards, which people still use, don't ask me why, 29.95%. Man. I mean, it's highway robbery. So let's go back to this couple comes and meets with us, right? First of all, I'll be squirmy in my seat when they try to explain to me that, you know, we only live once and we and global warming is going to take away all our travel plans in the future because everything's on fire and all this stuff. And I'm going to have to be my professional self and try to work through this as best as possible. So what else could I do? 
What else would you do? Say, send me, while you're spending all that money, can you bring me back a gift? I mean, can you take me along with you? (laughs) I mean. There's a mental, but here's what I'm trying to get to, the deep down mentality of this. Like, maybe, you know, we talk about money scripts, money scripts, and it's real important. Like, what, what is your script? What subconsciously are you? from a spending perspective and a savings and debt perspective, right? It really digs into what we have. We have these quizzes available and follow the work of Brad and, uh, Brad and Ted Klontz and behavioral psychologists for the, in the finance world because we are becoming psychologists as well uh, as commanders of finance mm-hmm. um, because money is emotional. I know how I learned about how to be more frugal I had grandparents that grew up through the Great Depression, but I had parents that spent like these couples in these articles, and it scared me, right? In other words, I'm sort of a balance between them, right? So for me, this thinking is, I can't think this way. I'm not wired to say my wife is going to stay home. I have a special needs child who obviously will probably need more financial support for longer, but, and, I, and, I, and I would love to take a trip, but will I put $10,000 on credit card debt with a, even if I have good credit at an interest rate of 23.47% or is there just a better way to do it? I'm just trying to figure out how do I rewire that brain if I can? Like that's a big job for someone. And that's why I would think that most people that would do something like this wouldn't even dare to talk to a financial planner or advisor about it. Well, they would be, they're afraid of knowing what the real answer is, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, honestly, for, especially with a, with a couple, especially, you know, with children, especially with someone that's special needs, I mean, do they even have something in place? Heaven forbid, if something happens to mom and dad, who's going to take care of their child, right? Right, right. I, I mean, mean when let's look I at our priorities when, here. Like when your girls came along, or like when Haley came along, like even the thought, of being irresponsible with money, like left my brain. It was like that part of me died. Like, you know, when, when I was, uh, didn't have her and we were, you know, together, uh, my wife and I at the time, and we, we were okay to spend money. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, it, 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 more money. Like we were okay with that. But when she came along, all the priorities shifted. Didn't the same happen for you? Oh, it did. And now, you know, our daughters are are older. Our oldest daughter will be 23 this uh-huh. October. Scary What did you have think. when you were 10? Yeah, when I was four, at least 14. <laughs> oh, okay. Come on. Okay. So oldest daughter will be 23 in October. Our youngest is 21. Our mm-hmm. oldest has graduated college. She's back in H-Town here in Houston with us now with her I'm first sorry. formal career. Yeah, that's nice. Nice. Right? You told me she's working. Yeah. That's so, great. I mean, so we, we're all having these conversations around saving and, mm-hmm. you know, her Roth 401k yep. and, you know, save first and all the, so, you know, we did have our children at a young age and our kids still think that, you know, my wife and I are dinosaurs. I don't <laughs> think we're that old, but, you know, we, we have kids, a very you, open relationship when we talk about money. The most successful kids with money yes are the ones that have you have this open dialogue with Mm -hmm. you don't hide the decisions i come from an italian family where how dare you even ask about anything do you want to be cremated do you want to be buried you're just a stupid kid don't ask me questions about money what do you know so this is what i got 
How when dare I was you? yeah, <laughs> when I was thirty. So <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. So the open communication is important, but this mentality change, this 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 switch in the brain since the pandemic. So Ally Bank, who's a great bank, we always we recommend generally online banks for financial vulnerability cushions, right? A year's worth of living expenses, six months for the emergencies, six months for the serious stuff, like someone's out of work or there's an illness. Their online platform, it started buckets. They started, they allowed, and I saw this years ago, they allow customers to create savings buckets for different goals a few years ago. And they say users, users create about one and a half times more experience-oriented buckets, such as travel and fun, versus with longer-term planning. That makes a lot of sense. But I think since the pandemic, this stuff's on steroids. <laughs> and that has been the biggest dilemma in this economy. Like, the consumer has been so resilient. Yes, they had stimulus. Yes, they had savings. But now they're going into credit card debt, and they don't care. And I don't. And maybe it's because the jobs are secure, right? We're going to see some labor hoarding here because of the labor force participation rate. Um, you know, job openings, jolts has fallen. That's that's positive from the Fed perspective. So the the whole job market is slowing. But I don't know if we're going to see the unemployment they're expecting because if you let workers go, are you going to be able to get them back? So this is a strange environment, but the consumer spending through this process has really got me floored because I hear more of this. I'm going to live for today. What if we get locked up again? You know, uh, uh, what if there's another illness? The, the planet's burning. I mean, I'm hearing all kinds of excuses to just go way overboard. Yeah, I think it's easy. With spending. To, yeah, I think it's easy to come up come up with an excuse that kind of solidifies your own bias, right? Yes. Where that, that excuse makes no sense in the world, right? I mean, you were talking about credit card usage, and I think a lot of this comes down to something that you were mentioning too earlier, Rich, is how you learned from you know, your upbringing, right? And how, and how you're kind of a blend in between how you, you know, your generations as you were raised and how you're looking at money. Right. Your oldest daughter, so she's, she, she actually, we just helped her get her first credit card but it's so that she can start nice. building credit. What is it? What kind of card was right it? A secured card? Way, or? Just a, an American Express. Okay. Just so she can start building credit. But we had a long discussion around how do you usually, how do you actually use the card, right? Yes. Versus just going crazy and running up a balance and all of a sudden now you're in trouble, right? If you don't have that conversation, like you just said, about the ramifications of maintaining a balance. Matter of fact, I made my daughter so darn paranoid about it. She goes, Dad, I got an epistemic balance. I know you were going to send me money from my 529, but, you know, um, I said, okay, yeah, I got it. Don't worry. I'm going to send it to you. You pay the balance off. What, when, is, when does it do? Oh, she goes, not to November. I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right, maybe I did a little bit too good. Yesterday she sends me pictures. She's making her own clothes. You can buy clothes, honey. Yeah, ours. It's it's interesting. So thrift our, stores. Yeah, right? our girls are they're they're pretty frugal with like, this stuff. Gen Zs, you're noticing this group is different. They are much more frugal now. They will spend on experiences a little more, but even the the spending that we see from other generations, we're not seeing that. 
in Gen Z, are we? Well, I, I know with our oldest, uh-huh. if, if friends of hers... That, she's, my daughter's just a couple of years old. They fall in that same, yeah. that same group. Yeah. I mean, if there's you know friends of hers who have graduated college and they're out buying this and that and whatever, you know, her, her, her comment to us is, hey, mom, dad, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not spending that money on that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That she, she, it just doesn't make sense to We're her. We're creating savings monsters, and yeah. I'm really and her youngest daughter's them. the same way. She's like, that just doesn't make sense to me, right? I was like, oh, thank goodness. Maybe at least I did something right, right? So here's a story. I was in Vermont. I was at this writing group for one of my scripts. Beautiful, bucolic, I mean, just amazing. Still Vermont, not far from Burlington. And uh, my, so my daughter decides to meet me there. We, I make sure that she loves it there, right? She go biking and all that. Um, so when we get there first, she goes, she takes a deep breath. She goes, dad, what's that smell? I said, that's clean air, honey. <laughs> but I want to tell you a little bit about the revelation she gave me. Cause she doesn't, you know, I don't pry too much into her personal life. We talk about money a lot. I'll let her just share with me and then I just digest it. But I want to share with you some of what she said to me about her boyfriend. Who's no longer her boyfriend. <laughs> uh Oh, And we're also going to be talking about the disconnect between pre-retirement and reality, which is sort of this topic. How am I saving for retirement at all when I'm not dealing with reality when we get back? investment advice blog it's required reading for the informed investor catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com so before I get to the daughter story, I want to share with you, Lance is talking about Bucky's. Well, no on there because the son was just arrested, allegedly, for putting cameras in the bathroom to stall. He wasn't, the, the co-founder's son was not arrested for that. It was for Airbnb. And by the way, I don't care. <laughs> That's much better. Let him put the camera in there. What is he going to see? Matter of fact, well, actually, he might call to report me and say, you know what? I give up. This is the most horrible thing I've seen on camera. <laughs> I, I'm turning myself in. <clears throat> you may do everybody else a favor. I might have saved everybody else from the pain. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, like I care. Go ahead. Film me. What am I doing? <clears throat> here's my here's my little dog, Rosie. Look. Look. Bucky's co-founder's son. Look. I don't care. <laughs> um. So she sits me down. We go to this pizza place called Pie Casso. Uh, great pizza. And... Uh, she goes, I said, so how's the boyfriend? I haven't heard anything about him. And how's it going? Like, it was painful for me to bring it up. I felt like someone was twisting my... But I figured I'd ask because he is a nice guy. Um, <clears throat> seemed to be a nice guy. She goes, Dad, yeah, I meant to tell you. I told Mom we're not together anymore. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I had, in other words, I had this feeling because he's just sort of dropped out of sight. I said, well, what happened? She goes, well... He had a lot of credit card debt, which I found out about. And then he got fired from his job. And who gets fired? Okay. I'm not supporting some guy. So I said, so you just, 
you've been together a couple of years. You just sort of just didn't want to work it out. She goes, nope, you told me, right? I got to be financially independent. I got to do my own thing. So with a tear in my eye, I said, I created a monster. She might be a little extreme, but she brought up everything was financial. And I went, okay, all right. So you've got to talk to your kids about money. It's very important to do so. Make it, and especially I think, not to be biased here, John, but I think for girls and for women, you really have to help them understand to be independent and make their own dollars. Well, and what I've really found too, and maybe it's, you know, just because they're our daughters, but Mm -hmm. even our oldest daughter's boyfriend um, she's in a very serious relationship with a young man. He, mm-hmm. he graduated from college earlier this year. Now he lives, you know, more in the. Did you pull his credit score? Just out the San Antonio area. Now I she pulled, she probably did. No, yeah, because Haley did. She says, yeah, I pulled you know, his maybe maybe she did. Went, yeah, but um, but for for a young man, you know, he's got a he's got a great head on his shoulders, great, great. business acumen because he's helping his mom and dad run their family business, right? Yeah. But what what I have found is with him and both our girls, you know, they. They do listen to what you talk about, right? If you if they they are at least are at least what I've noticed is they're they're eager to learn and they do listen to what you have to say and they watch you. They do. They watch they your watch relationship you. with money. Yes. They watch how you handle your job. They also watch how you handle your job responsibilities. Yes. Are you responsible in your job? And that's the one thing that he wasn't. And she picked that up. She goes, you know, I learned from you and mom and always watch you and mom, always being responsible for your job. And she's very responsible. So I was like, listen, you know, more power to her. I'm like, <clears throat> I remember when there was one discussion we had, she goes, she goes dad, I want to buy a house. I'm like, you're not buying a house right now. This was th- six months ago. I said, you're not buying a house. She goes, what do you mean? I said, first of all, you live at Emory. You, have, uh, you know, you live outside of Emory. You have no idea where you're going to be when you graduate. Why don't you just wait? Plus, you need 20% down. She goes, 20% down? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 20%. Mm-hmm. So the boyfriend turns to her and goes, I, it'll be an honor to live there with you. And uh, <laughs> so Amy so Amy says, oh, he's so sweet. She looks to me. And then Haley turns around and goes, well, you'll be paying rent. <laughs> um, so I was like, and then Amy went, oh, boy. <laughs> You've done a nice job there, Dad. I think I don't know what I've done. Uh, she just—it just came out of her mouth, like it wasn't even a thought. Well, you'll be paying rent. You'll be my. Oh no, she goes. You'll be my tenant. And, uh, and Amy goes, "This is the. This is so romantic, isn't it?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll offer you a low interest rate loan." loan. <laughs> oh wow. I wish I was like her, 25. Um, so Amer- advisors are saying Americans are worried about retirement finances. Say what? <laughs> they are? How could that be? So this is the 2023 RAA Protected Accumulation and Retirement Income Survey. This is Retire One and Allianz Life Insurance. It provides insights into concerns and planning strategies. So, so here's what they found. 97% of those surveys say, Clients have voiced, uh, of advisors say, clients have voiced anxieties about how inflation might reduce their retirement savings. Because even though you're getting all this noise about how, you know, inflation's coming down, and it is, rate of change is absolutely coming down. 
prices themselves are at a new plateau. That's not an Irving Fisher reference, for those of you who are fans of economists. Um, It is distressing, right? So clients have voiced anxieties about inflation, how that might reduce retirement savings. How about the sufficiency of their Social Security Mm -hmm. benefits? I understand 63% worry their employer-backed retirement benefits might not be enough. Now, this is something we put into our software back in 2019. Many advisors anticipate that future investment returns might lag behind historical averages. Yeah, might. This has led to doubts about the traditional advice of withdrawing 4% of retirement savings each year. How many times have we said you cannot take a fixed withdrawal rate from variable assets? It doesn't work. You've got to watch that withdrawal rate every year and either expand it or contract it or maybe don't do anything. You, you just can't blindly take 4% a year out. It doesn't work. Also, the role of annuities into retirement plans, right? So guaranteed income, especially when times are tough, can save you. Say we're right here at RIA, and we say over the next 10 years, returns on a 60-40 portfolio are going to be much less, say 3 to 4%. Well, okay, now I have to look at if I'm going to have a headwind to returns, don't I want to maximize look, the best way I could take Social Security, John? Don't I want to see if I can have as much guaranteed income as possible? So maybe my withdrawal rate is much lower. I did this with a client the other day. We took the pension where he waited till 70 to take Social Security. His average withdrawal rate right now is 2.5%. That's reasonable. And I mm-hmm. said, sooner or later, you're going to have a tailwind again. I just don't know when. I, we have a valuation trigger for that. So this, this helps you understand is you have to alleviate people's distress over retirement. But you can't cookie, you can't cookie coat it. Put in some, now I want cookies. You can't just coat it, right? With, 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 you just have to say, listen, how many times during the pandemic did they write articles? Some of the people that we really admire, like Wade Fowle and all that, say, well, the 4% withdrawal rate's really 2%. So then you go ahead and you have to now tell a client, oh, uh, you know that 4% you were going to take? Surprise. Or, hey, that travel budget that you wanted? <laughs> Guess what? May need to dial that back a little bit, right? Yeah. And so, or yeah, you have to, or, you know, if there are years where maybe you need to pull back on your budget a little bit, but then you have a more of a tailwind, then you can, it has to be like an accordion, right? To your point, you have to be able to adjust this. It can't be a kind of a set 4% every year. There needs to be some adjustment in there just based upon what's going on in your own life too. And most retirees do not spend on an inflation adjusted basis forever. They don't keep raising the bar. There's a period... You go through active years, like this couple that decided to blow it all on credit cards. You go, <laughs> hopefully you have the money. Uh, you go ahead and you are, you're traveling, you're eating out, right? You're in your active retirement years. And then you get into this sort of a valley, as I call it. You're not unhealthy, you're, but you're not spending as much. You're not eating out as much. Is that the valley of the shadow of debt? Uh, well, close, <laughs> because then the next, the next move is death. No, yeah. the next move is higher healthcare expenses. So your expenses will go up again. So you've got to match the spending with a retirement income strategy to real life. And sometimes inflation adjusted is not the way it's done. 
So that's one way to, to alleviate a client's concerns that they're not going to have enough is, well, you know, 10 years, you say you retire at 65, probably till 75, 76. Yeah, you know, you're blowing and going, you're doing all this stuff. Now, maybe from 76 to 85 or so, you know, you've got a few health issues, not that bad, but you've done all these travels. Maybe you do something with the grandkids, but, you know, you're doing a lot more stuff close to home. You're eating less. Right, you're doing all these things, but you go. So I have clients, and again, we have clients. I have clients that have been in distribution portfolios for over twenty years. Mm-hmm. I I could see how they spend. Their spending goes down, and then toward the end of their life, they're making big changes. They're selling homes, and they're moving into retirement communities, or healthcare expenses have popped up. Those, that's when the expenses are are kicking in again. So you can alleviate that. Obviously, maximizing plans, but not everybody needs annuities. Annuities are not bad. Retirement income is great. Guaranteed income is great. You have to do a financial plan to figure it out. How can I sell you anything or give you anything? Or how can anybody sell you anything as far as insurance, retirement income strategies without running a plan first to see if you need it? Very important. More when we get back. Stay tuned. Daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. see brent uh you ever watch the wwe that's I have, when I have it reminds you when brent is wrestling with the with the board it's it's been gremlin city up in here this week i'm waiting for him to take the chair and pound it over it like like ricky like, savage and like the the macho Randy man savage and savage uh, oh, the yeah. dingo warrior remember the dingo oh, warrior? Yeah, dingo warrior was great oh man I like George the Animal Steel. That may be for your time. Oh, no, would come eat. on, man. I remember George the Animal Steel. Remember he would eat the... He would eat the turnbuckle. Yeah. The stuffing out of the turnbuckle. <laughs> he, come like, on. He'd rip it apart with his teeth and go... Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> that dude just died not a lot too long ago. Really? Yeah, I guess eating that was healthy for him. That dude cracked me up. Roughage. George the Animal. I mean, that guy was the best. See now you're now you're really talking about the good old days here. Now. Man, WrestleMania. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> With Hulk Hogan. Yeah, those are great. Man, I used to pay for those on HBO or pay per view, whatever the heck it was. It was like twenty bucks at the time. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna watch this. <laughs> Man, that was so good. That was money well spent, right? I, I sure thought it was. So. Listen, yeah. speaking about money well spent, James <laughs> Butler brought up that he played the Powerball yesterday, and I like I am the person that says go ahead and play. 
right? And a lot of advisors say, don't play the lottery. I'm like, listen, you get the ticket. You, you spend three bucks. The endorphins are exploding in your head when you get that ticket. What would you do with the money? I've already got it all. I'm driving home. I'm smiling. The best three bucks. What, how much does the movie cost? 25 bucks? Oh. By the time? If you're looking at all the popcorn and everything else you're getting with it, sure. Three bucks, I get just as much entertainment in my head because I'm thinking about all the cool things I'm going to do and like not be on the radio anymore, which would be great. So I... uh, (laughs) Elvis is still here. Yeah, baby. I've left the building, let me tell you. (laughs) But Vernon took all my money. We had no money, Daddy. What did you do with the money? So um, you got to remember that playing the lottery once in a while won't break your budget. It'll make you feel sort of good. I like the scratch-offs, too. Feels good. Feels good. You could do them in a dark room, and all you hear is... <laughs> Got the little shavings on the, <laughs> on the table there. Yeah. Somebody's been here. Cheap thrills. <laughs> Listen, you got to get them where you can. Um, so it's candy corn season for all you crayon-eating psychopaths. I am one of them. <laughs> I am one of them. I think I have gone through a bag and a half. Already? Already. They're good for breakfast. They are. They're good. It's the yellow and orange food group. If you blend them, you can put them in martinis, but that's a whole (laughs) other show. (laughs) Dean Martin would be proud of me. How about it for me, buddy? So, um... Five o'clock somewhere. It is. A.M. A.M. Either you hate candy corn or you love it. There's no in between. nothing in there. It's good stuff, Maynard. I love it. It's my thing. So um, <laughs> transitioning to Medicare. This has already been very popular. Um, obviously, we're in Medicare open enrollment. Like you turn on the TV, there's Jimmy J.J. Walker, Joe Namath, Will, William Shatner, John Penn. I mean, uh, yeah, so uh, they're all saying, listen, this is the best thing since sliced bread, Medicare Advantage, but people are confused, right? Transitioning to Medicare how your health insurance works with it, when should you sign up, what about COBRA, and all the myriad of Medicare deadlines that can confuse the heck out of you. This will be a virtual Zoom webinar on October 12th at 12 p.m. Just sign up at Real Investment Advice. We already have quite a few people Mm -hmm. signed up because this is a topic, John. This in Social Security is still very confusing to people, especially when it comes to benefits, right? especially when you have to coordinate benefits. I think when it comes to coordinating benefits, that becomes an issue because you have, there are periods of time, right? There's someone that has a benefit. Then they become entitled to a different benefit that can, a person can switch to if the benefit's higher. And that's a way to maximize your benefits, right? And Social Security doesn't call you and say, hey, John, time to switch your benefit to get more money. They don't do that, right? So you have to work in what we do here is maximization strategy. A lot of times it's starting with the lower benefit and then switching to a higher benefit later, right? Right. What Social Security wants to do is pay the highest amount a client is entitled to now. And that advice a lot of times, and this has happened to me, conflicts with what we provide. No, 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 don't do that. Right. So you can have restricted application. You can have, say, a spousal 
you could have your own benefit. You're a lower earning spouse and you have your higher earning spouse and you want to look to say, hey, I'm going to take my benefit now. I have one client that's taken their benefit. She has a small benefit and she's not working. Mm-hmm. We actually decided to take it at 62, right? When her husband turns 70, she's going to go ahead and switch at full ret- her full retirement age to his benefit. So actually, even though she was taking it early, the, for her own benefit, her spousal benefit, she was going to get some extra bucks before her spousal benefit. Usually I'm not a big fan of taking Social Security before full retirement age, but the point we're trying to make, this claiming process, this switching from one to another is very, very challenging especially if you want to talk to Social Security Administration. They are not the ones that will help you do that. So you have to actually go into the Social Security office with a report. So anytime I send a client to go to to say, this is the claiming strategy, you're going to go there and you're going to lay out what you're going to do. And Social Security workers get confused because they're inexperienced. They don't understand about this switching strategies, the switcheroo. And then some will say, you can't do it. And I've had that. You know how many times I had that happen with restricted application? Where it's still like a file and suspend where a spouse can, can still, one spouse, the hiring spouse can turn on their benefit, then turn it off just so the spouse's benefit. Yeah, um, there's a specific date that you have to yeah, look at as far as Most people are not able to born. do that anymore. Yeah. But we were at the deadline mm-hmm. of able to do this switch benefit, which is gone now. And Social Security said, no, you can't do that. I'm like, listen, we're going to have to fight here a little bit because you're able to do that. I mean, there so, are opportunities out there, you know, especially women. If they oh, are, absolutely. heaven forbid, if you went through a divorce and that your previous marriage lasted, you know, 10 years and you haven't remarried. You're able to, and they don't even know it. And they don't know. They can actually, it may be more beneficial to collect off of their ex ex-spouse's social security record, right? Off their benefit. Right. Or collect on their own for a while and then switch. And then switch. And they don't even know that they are supposed to get a benefit. Because right. what the social security worker is says, this is your benefit. Your social security administrator worker is only looking at one track. This is your benefit, John. That's the highest benefit. That's the one you take. Well, no, no, no. Because we have to coordinate that benefit with a spouse. And even people who are single, to John's point, may have a divorce spouse benefit that they didn't even realize that they could collect. And Social Security is not, is not really qualified to do that. That's where you have a financial advisor fiduciary that will help you blend and look at what to do. And you're going to have to bring these reports in to Social Security. Yeah, and sometimes it's you bring in the report for the benefit that you're going to get right now. Even though you know you may switch to something else later, sometimes you may not want to tell Social Security that because you could confuse them. Yeah, and there could be times, this is an example from uh, Savvy Savvy Social Security. You can have four separate applications. So here's an example. You have Mike, the higher wage earner. Mary is, is the the one that's not making as much, right? Mike is primary insurance, amounts 3,500. Mary's is 1,200, right? And they're both 62. So Mary claims on her benefit at 
full retirement age, 67. So she gets 1325 bucks. Mike waits until 70, and his benefit's 5085 bucks a month. He's maxed out Social Security. So she's got hers, he's got his, but guess what? She can then claim her spousal add-on at age 70. And that's 644 bucks. And then when poor Mike is in the ground at age 84, she can now switch to survivor benefits mm-hmm. at $6,844. So when you're married and you have one spouse, now it's sort of easier when you have both spouses that have maxed out. Then you can say, listen, you both can wait till age 70, right? You're going to get the max benefit but most of the time, it doesn't work that way. So soon as your advisor hears that we both have been paying in, I have a higher earning spouse and a lower earning spouse, boom. There's a switcheroo strategy in here somewhere. We need to investigate. Very, very important. And Social Security Administration is not going to help. They're going to say, yeah, your benefit is this. That's what you take. So that's where, again, knowing the right social security strategy. So the lifetime benefit for doing this properly for Mike and Mary, just with a normal life expectancy, their lump sum benefit paid out over time is $2,076. It's huge. That is not chump change. Just because you went to someone who helped you crunch the numbers, take the emotion out of it. And guide you through the Social Security Administration process. That's all we got. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you Monday. Take care. Thanks for being with us.